0: Good morning. morning, welcome to spring, yeah. Nice warm, sunshiny day, I'd say we'll have a few more days like this before the weather calms down, so how many winters we got to go through, Dogwood and uh, Blackberry winter,
1: and
0: a freeze warning I heard that uh out for the night. So anyway, it's good to be in the house of God this morning and always warm and comfortable in his house, no matter what the temperature may be outside. Uh, One thing about the uh, (coughs) service is starting this tomorrow night. I hope you're able to attend as many as possible. And I know Uh, the churches over in Greene County may be out of your way, just like when we're here at Pleasant Hill, to the churches in Greene County, that's out of their way. So it all sort of evens things out for we try to attend as many as we can, and we understand that, uh, you know, when they're out of the community, that uh, makes it hard for some to attend. Uh, But we will start tomorrow night and be here Wednesday night, Pleasant Hill Tuesday night. So and I think uh, you all singing Tuesday night, and uh, who else is going to sing with you? Just say so? me, maybe. Okay, you. okay, And, Lauren, would you go sing here on Wednesday night? Or i Tuesday Okay. We'll let you all work it out, Where you all be. We've got all the time we need, so don't uh, don't let that uh, bother you. One thing about next Sunday morning, I've heard the rumor that Shoney's was will cater to breakfast. Is that not true? (laughs) No, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, seriously, uh, that will be next Sunday morning at 7 o'clock and. uh, Encourage you to uh, come out and be a part of it because it is a wonderful thing to be celebrating. Uh, I don't see the guitar, so I guess you're still uh, still uh, able to do it, so okay. As we go to uh, <clears throat> the Lord this morning and start our prayers, the ones in your bulletin uh, that we need to remember, been in there for several weeks. Uh We've added some more uh, cancer people uh, Jimmy Harmon and his wife delsey I don't think you know, how many know him, know them uh, Jimmy Green and then Jimmy's wife's sister uh, Linda Newberry all got cancer the Judy Riley there and our uh neighborhood has cancer so uh, of course we know bonnie here uh, starting her chemo so want to remember her uh, who else do we need to uh, lift up uh any updates on any of these that's in the bulletin uh what about uh, bob see uh you he had my head what the flu or pneumonia last week uh, yeah Okay, so let's remember, and remember Alita, her uh, needs, health problems. Uh, anyone else? Tommy Gray started his Tommy Gray. Tommy? Okay, Tommy Gray. Did you say he started uh, when? I don't know when he started. It last week. Okay, so remember Tommy, the. Treatments that he's going through. Uh, others, of course, uh, Kevin's sugar still up and down. So, let's remember him and Kim as they fight set the diabetes. And of course, John helped he get adjusted to taking the shots that he has to take each day. I know it's aggravating, uh, especially for. Someone that age, I know, it's aggravating for me to have to take them every day, and I know I can imagine what <coughs> he's going through at his age. So the middle John, as he uh, continues to struggle with his shots each day, others. Remember Hunt tomorrow, He's having
1: colonoscopy. Remember
0: Randy Wilson. Randy Wilson. You say it has a colonoscopy of Tamar. Okay, so let's uh, hope and pray that uh, nothing's found in it. So. And remember Randy Wilson, his uh, concerns. Others? the Hensley family, my grandson's wife. The Hensley family? Yeah. Okay. Others? Who was that?
1: Warren.
0: Warren, okay. And remember,
1: uh, Mr. Wilder, he's got some blood clots moving
0: in his body. Wilder. Wilder. Wilder, okay. Mine I always the same preacher. Remember? <laughs> okay, a prayer a Joy there, remember of Barbara's needs and Carla's family and her needs, uh, others, well, let's pray for the travelers that they have safe travel back, I saw them over hardy's Thursday morning, uh, I went there, had a doctor's appointment, they came in to eat breakfast when I was out there, so they, I was on their way to Myrtle Beach, so we want to, uh, Pray for travel and safety as they may come back to us. Are there others we need to lift up? Any unspoken? Let's go to the Lord. (coughs) Grateful Father as we come into your house this morning. Happy that we know you and the free pardon of our sin. All because your son was willing to go to the cross and die for each one of us, to give us that gift freely given, that our sins have been washed away and forgotten. So, Father, we're just thankful today as we come with a thankful heart for many, many blessings that you have given to each one of us. And we look to you, Father, each day for the Strength, the wisdom, and the direction that only you can give us to help us walk that straight and narrow pathway. Father, we just ask that you would continue to bless each one here today as we lift up the prior concerns for our loved ones, our members of the church family, our friends, neighbors, our work associates, whatever whatever our association may be, you know the names and you know the needs that are associated with each name lifted up. So we just place them, Father, today into your loving care that you will hear our prayers as we always do and that you will answer as you always do according to your will and not ours. So, Father, we just, again, lift our loved ones up to you today, knowing that you're here and you are taking care of each individual prayer. We ask that you would be with this church, this congregation. Help us to reach out and grow and to spread the word throughout this community, throughout our families, especially during this time of the year. In which we come to recognize just what your son did for us. The sacrifice that he made for each one of us. And what it means to us. So we're just thankful, Father, for this church and the ability to go out and spread your word. And try to bring others into a relationship with your son. So just take and use us in whatever way you may have a need for each one of us. Be with us tomorrow night and the other four nights of the Holy Week services as we go to the different communities and different churches, that it will be a blessing to each community and each congregation that we go before. Be with the pastors and the singers who are giving their time to Be a part of this service. May it be a blessed week for each one of us who are participating and just coming out to hear and to be a part of the services. Now go with us, Father, through the remainder of this day and this service. Give us an open heart and an open ear to hear what you're telling us today. All these things we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, if our ushers will come forward, we'll receive our morning tithes and our offerings. Father, again today as we receive this offering in your Son's name. We're thankful for everything he has done for <clears throat> us. Now, Father, it's our turn to have someone in need showing the love your Son has for them through this, this offering. And also letting them know that this congregation shares the same concerns for them. So, Father, we receive this offering in your Son's name as we give thanks to him for everything he has done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Palm Sunday, the Gospels have different versions, different ways to describe what happened on that day. I chose, for some reason, I don't know why, uh, the one in Matthew, 21st chapter, uh, starting with verse 1, going through 11, it says, on the right page here. And when they drew near unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples saying unto them, Go into the village over against you and straightway ye shall find an ass tied in a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say out unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foe of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And brought the ass and the colt, and put them on their clothes, and they set him th- thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees, and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and they that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. The word of God for the people of God. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. As I said, this is Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday being... The first day or the beginning of the Passover week or Passover festival that was held each year in Jerusalem. It was an annual thing commemorating of course the uh, departure of the people from the land of Egypt as God led them out of their troubles uh, into a journey that would cover 40 years on their way to their promised land. And this was a celebration that all the Jewish men attended every year. So that tells me this is not the first Passover service that Jesus attended. I assume he attended each year. But this will be the last that he attended or will attend. So people often question if Jesus knew what the situation was if he knew what he was writing into why did he go? Would you, if you in the morning was to go out into the world and you knew that whatever you did was going to lead to your death, would you go? Or would you have second thoughts? Well, Jesus knew as he rode into Jerusalem on this day Because he had predicted many, many times the demise that was coming to him. Remember all the times we study about when the scribes, the Pharisees, all of the people who were out trying to trap Jesus or catch him in some kind of a situation where they could bring charges against him and try to do away with him. He would always find a way to sort of Slip away and and get away. And it would always say his time hadn't come yet. Well, this time, Jesus knew this was it. The time of fulfillment was at hand. So as he rode into Jerusalem that Sunday morning, He very well knew what lie ahead because this was God's plan. This was all already laid out, set, you might say set in stone. Nothing's going to change it. So on this Sunday morning as he comes into this little village, uh, Bethpage, He stops, tells his disciples, two of them, to go before him or to go ahead of him. Go get this donkey. Another reason that tells me that all of this was already planned out. Because he said, if they ask, why are you taking this donkey? Just tell them that the Lord hath need of it and they will send the donkey to you. So they go into the village, they get the donkey and the colt. they bring it back to Jesus. They take their outer garments, their robes, their jackets or whatever they're wearing, and they drape it across the back of this donkey. They lift Jesus up on the donkey, and he rides into town as he rides into town the says multitude the people were lining each side of the street they were shouting Hosanna to the highest Hosanna to the king of David and they were waving their palm leaves I believe that this version said branches but We know it's palm leaves. They were all excited. They were receiving Jesus with all of the excitement and all of the enthusiasm that they could put forth. Now, by riding this donkey tells me two things. You know, today, when these kings and these rulers and uh, presidents or whatever, when they come into the country, they come in with all of the fanfare, the pomp and circumstance, all of the bands playing and all the uh, fan fire, the red carpet deal. Jesus didn't do that. He comes in on a donkey. Probably one of the lowest forms of transportation he could have taken that day to get into the town, other than walking. So by doing this, he didn't choose to select a majestic war horse to enter with all of the power and authority. He came meek and lowly, showing that he was coming in peace not to provoke trouble or war. It also showed that he was coming with all of the humility, humbling himself down to the average person. You know, we often sometimes refer to Jesus as being the suffering servant. So he was, he was telling the people, I am coming to you not to be served too, but I am coming as your servant. So those two things indicated by the choice of the donkey to enter into uh, Jerusalem. And as I say, how was he received? With all of the excitement, all of the anticipation that you can imagine. They knew his followers And I guess probably those who were against him probably knew that he was the coming king that had been prophesied. So as he rides into town created this excitement. The crowds were all waving and shouting and waving their palm leaves. And uh, as I mentioned, Pleasant Hill a while ago. When I think of this, it brings me to ask myself, if I had been there on that morning or day or whatever, afternoon, whenever it was he wrote in, and ask yourself what you have done Would I have been out there waving and hollering, Hosanna, Hosanna? Or would I have been in the crowd that would later on be hollering, crucify, crucify? Which one? I don't know. Now I know it's easy to stand up here and say, well, no question, I've been hollering Hosanna as loud as I could. But I can't say that and be true. Because I don't know. Because, see, I, as Paul Harvey says, to know the rest of the story, I wouldn't have had that information back then just like they didn't have the information. All they knew, all they could base their dep- opinion on was the things that was happening right in the immediate area that they were in. The things that they had heard. The... Uh, talked against him. They didn't know. They didn't have all the information to form their opinion, or to base their decision. So if that had been the case, if that was the situation I was in, then I can't say that I would have hollered Hosanna or crucified because I don't know. It's <coughs> something to think about. Or where would I have been on that particular day, knowing just what I knew then, not what I know now. So, that was the two groups of people, Hosanna and Crucified. And we know that is this Sunday and the beginning of the week came to pass all of the excitement, all of the goings on. By Friday morning or late Thursday night, all of this excitement had gone away. All of the Hosannas were being uh, drowned out by crucified, crucified. What went wrong? How could how could things change so quickly? What happened? Well we know the advocates who were opposed to him were doing all they could to put him down to to destroy him and apparently they won out just like today and we'll talk about here in a few minutes about how this relates to us today but in the meantime as the week winds down and the attitude and the excitement begins to wane and the Opposition grows. We know that on Thursday night. When he met with his disciples. To have what we call the last supper. Or to have communion with them. Again predicting exactly what's going to happen. As he has many times before. But tonight it's going to come come to pass. In fact, he even goes to the point where he identifies who his betrayer will be. He doesn't he call the name, but he indicates that Judas is going to be the one that will betray him. And we know that later on, as he breaks away from the supper and goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to Pray, as he always prays, that Judas brings the Roman soldiers to identify him to point him out. And that's another question. Why? Why would these Roman soldiers need someone to point Jesus out? Surely some of them, if not all of them, at some time or other would have been in his presence, would have seen him, would have known who he was, could have recognized him. So why do they have to have Judas to point him out? It's all God's plan. It's all planned out. It has to happen. It has to happen certain things have to fall into place. And this is part of it. Of course we know after after Judas identifies him and points him out, we know that he's arrested, taken before the courts, Pilate, the Sanhedrin, all the trials, if you want to call it a trial, it's more like I guess you could say, a a kangaroo court. And, of course, Pilate was in a position of where he knew, he knew that there wasn't any way that he could bring a death sentence upon Jesus because he said, I find no fault in him. But yet, he had to satisfy this mob, if you call them a mob, these people. He had to satisfy them. So what do you do? Custom back then was that they could release one prisoner and the people could decide who it was. So when they were asked, do you want me to release Jesus or Barabbas? Guess what? The crowd rang out, free Barabbas, free Barabbas. We know then Jesus was taken to the Calvary and hung on that cross, crucified. Can you imagine the attitude and the mood that his followers must have been suffering at that time? Their king was gone. He was was dead. No question about it. He has has been crucified. All, All of our hope, all of the things that we were looking forward to, they're gone. Another thing that entered their mind, they were fearful for their own life. If they kill Jesus, if he'll kill our leader, then what's going to keep them from coming and giving us and killing us? So they were in hiding, fearful for their own life. But we know, as we know, what happens next? And that's going to be the rest of the story next week when we talk about the empty tomb and what it means to us. I said a while ago, the situation that existed 2,000 years ago, how does it relate to us today? Well, think back when our nation was founded less than, what, 250 years ago? Think of all of the excitement, the reason God played a prominent role in this nation of ours, in the lives of each individual. Just as the excitement was there on Palm Sunday, so was the excitement here in the colonies and as we spread westward, continuing and carrying with it the hope of God blessing this nation, bringing us up to where we are today. Are we in that position today? Just as we saw how the attitude could change in the matter of one week consider what's happening to our nation today the church Christianity is losing its power the church isn't as effective today as it once was because We've got all of these detractors, the atheists, and all these uh, non-religious groups doing everything they can to fight the work of the church, to put down the word of Jesus Christ, to put down the work of the church, to do anything they can. The bad thing about it, They may be winning. How how fired up are we today? How eager are we to go into battle to stand up for the word of God? When we hear someone putting down the words of God, the actions of the church, the beliefs of an individual, do we just sort of let it soak in and sort of wander away without putting up an argument or do we take do we take the Word of God serious enough that we are willing to stand up? Remember the song, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus? Are we are we willing to take a stand? Or are we willing to just hear people talk about anything and everything wrong or bad about the church and we just let it go in one ear and out the other and we don't stand up and say what we believe, say what God would have us to believe. So you see, just as the attitude changed back then, in a matter of a week, well, four days, really, we have seen the attitude in this country In a short period of time, how we have changed, how we have slipped, how we apparently have given up. Some people have given up hope. We see churches dividing, can't get along among themselves. How how sadder can that get? Well, you've got a church. That the congregation can't can't even get along. That doesn't speak too highly of your faith, their faith, or anyone who, out in this country of ours, is not willing to stand up and take a stand. So, just as we saw the attitude of the people change and dwindle to almost nothing. We see a sad trend going here in this country of ours today. We need to revitalize the church. We need to revitalize what we believe in. What we're willing to stand up for. Because Just as these people 2,000 years ago were in their, probably their darkest hours, they have a brighter day ahead because Sunday morning brings to them that answer that they are seeking, that hope that lies within them. Just like next Sunday, in our sunrise services, we will get into all of the despair that has taken place up until this Easter morning, and then we're going to celebrate the wonderful good news that next Sunday morning brings to us. And that's why I hope we all can get as many people out as possible. As Sammy says, it's early. One day a year, can't we give one day a year to Christ to come out and enjoy His resurrection? Father, we thank You again for Your Son, Jesus Christ, and everything He means to each one of us. We're thankful, Father, that he did go to the cross, that he died for our sins, and that he has wiped clean each and every sin that we have ever committed. And even today when we fall short, he's still there for us to welcome and take us back in. Father, we just have so much to be thankful for so much that we owe to you and your son for our life and what it means and what we're able to do and what we have to look forward to. Now, Father, again, we just ask that you would continue to bless each one here today as you have in the past. Be with our friends and loved ones who we have lifted up with sickness and health problems maybe those who have suffered a loss of a loved one, whatever their need, Father, we just ask as they come to you that you would touch them and bless them as only you can. Be with us especially this coming week in our Holy Week services that these will be five nights in which we can spread the word to the five communities and churches that we'll be going to each night. Again, bless the pastors and the singers who will be sharing with the congregations. Now, as we leave and go to our respective homes today, again, we just ask that you would go with us, lead, guide, and direct us in all the things that we do. For these things, Father, we ask it in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.